Mike Pipe, what's happening, my friend? Nothing much, dude. Just uh, excited to be here. Another beautiful Wednesday night that we're recording yeah. a podcast. Tennessee Vols or the Tennessee Vols? <sighs> Always going to Vols, man. Welcome right. to Valhalla, fam. Um, yeah. Like Mike just said, Tennessee Vols going to Tennessee Vols. are going to get you all riled up. Man, they're gonna get a big win over a big time Kansas team on prime time Saturday night. Not they're gonna get you all stirred up, and then they're gonna bring you down with a fifty point performance and a lost and actually a choke job, old mess. Yeah, good, good, good transition there because it was pretty bad. Uh, worst we've looked offensively. I don't know. I would say in a while, but honestly, we haven't looked that great offensively other than the Kansas game. Kind of yeah, showed up. that's then, it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we're gonna talk about that. We're going to talk, obviously, National Signing Day today. Wasn't huge, wasn't explosive, nothing, anything. Yeah, there's there's some signings. Things happened, but yeah. you know, December kind of takes over. Early night, early signing day just takes the fun out of what. Because I know you loved, you loved National Signing Day. Listen, man, I've been a National Signing Day believer since about age 13, 14. Got my rival subscription for probably seventh grade. I was. My birthday, I asked for my mom to get me a rival subscription because I wanted to be a member of VolQuest, get the inside scoop on all things recruiting was the big thing because recruiting, as most of us understand as Tennessee fans, is the lifeblood of the program. You know, talent that you're bringing in, it's important for sure. And then on top of that, it's probably the greatest time of hope for Tennessee fans because let's be honest, results on the field, subpar. Results on the recruiting field, been a little better. Maybe not yep. as good, but still it's like, oh, we're top 10. Hey, ho. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm a big recruiting nut and early signing day has kind of ruined national signing day, but that's okay. Yeah. It's not the same, but it's still great. It's still, still great. nice. Um, yeah, then we'll talk just general hype levels, where we're at. What's our hype level, if you will? Bow, bow, bow. Proud of that one. Um, as always, today is brought to you by Parkway Poorhouse. Best wings in Chattanooga. Hands down. Great selection of cold beverages, adult beverages. And, man, just uh, the host of our watch party this Saturday versus Kentucky. But also a little partnership with Action 24-7, Tennessee's very own sports book, baby. Tennessee owned Tennessee bread, baby. Wow. It's been great. These guys are awesome. They're going to be hanging out on the patio with us. Parkway is going to be hosting the event treating us right. George and those guys are amazing people. Um, so come out, hang out with us, Parkway Poor House. S- be there about 7 o'clock. Try to get the patio to get your spot out there. Um, come enjoy some drinks, some food, and just a good time. We got some – Action 24-7 is going to be giving us out some free swag. Um, and if you sign up with them, you'll probably get you a free beverage. So that's always nice. Yeah, free 99, favorite price. Mm. Hey, free 99, baby. Have you yeah. seen that new commercial? It's TurboTax and it's just an auction. He's like, free, free, free. Uh, you, free, free. <laughs> yes. Pretty great. Pretty great. great. I'll take yeah. that. So hopefully come on down. Enjoy the time. It'd be great. But basketballs, man, you talk about looking rough after the best offensive performance we've had all year. What did you think about last night, especially after what looked like a great early start? Man, uh, it was a rough game to watch. You know, we had that cold streak where we went like, I think, 12 minutes of the game with one field goal, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
that was that was brutal. I think that's what this team we have to figure out who your go to is or find a way to generate some offense when you get in these slumps because I think those are the things that are killing the team um, is not being able to get out of a slump. Like I think the teams that Tennessee's had in the past, you go back to like Grant Williams, Admiral Schofield. You had these guys that you could rely on to get you a basket when you really needed one. Mm-hmm. And I don't really know who that is for this Tennessee team. They kind of lack that. I don't know about alpha, but they lack the guy that's like, all right, this is the guy that if we need a basket, this is who we're going to, we're going to run the offense through. Yeah. Um, I think some of that's coaching. If I'm honest, like I, I love Rick Barnes. think he's a great coach. Um, think he's an extraordinary developer of talent. think he's an extraordinary recruiter. Um, but I think he's got to do more to get these guys ready and kind of help them break out of that slump, whether it's call a timeout, drop a good play, because you can't have slumps in the game where you're going six minutes without scoring, seven minutes without scoring. I mean, that's no just – you're not going to win any significant games doing that. So, um, yeah, I mean, disappointed. It's not like we really – I mean, they did out-rebound us, but it wasn't by a tremendous amount. I think it was just one of those things where you, you held the team to 52 points. Really, you should expect to win. Exactly. Yeah. So. Dane was talking about it last night on the – on the broadcast was if what this Ole Miss team is going to have to do offensively. I mean, you, you thought you're going to have to get, keep it in the sixties, but I mean, they kept us, they kept Tennessee to 50, 50 points, man. That's ridiculous. Like that, like you said, there's, there's nobody in this team that can just go get a bucket. Yeah. And I don't know exactly who that should be. I have my idea who I think it should be. I don't know if he's that type of guy. I, I think he's coming along that way. But I really do think who has the size, who has the ball handling ability, it should be Josiah. Yeah, it should. Um, Springer didn't have his best game. That was his thing was, you know, once we get Springer back, you come into the winning echelon, I guess. But he was one for seven. And yeah, he would he attacked the bucket, but he didn't, you know, he wasn't looking pretty. He didn't finish. Uh, looks pretty solid defensively again. Yeah, he is that. He is a secondary ball handler. Keon's just not there. Keon, as athletic as he is, he and Pons are. He's more aggressive than Pons, at least getting to the rim. Pons looked good. Had you know his jump shots looked a lot better. Um, but Keon getting to the rim has just not been super super efficient outside of a couple times. But I really do feel like Josiah has the ability. He's been knocking down shots. Especially in those zones, you got to be strong with the ball, and we're just not finding passes. I just don't feel like there's. Do you? When you watch the game, do you feel like they, especially on the interior, I feel like this Tennessee team really misses a lot of. I mean, it, they're quick stuff. Like if you if you're gonna catch it in the middle of a zone, and you got a quick dump down. It's it's second. It's milliseconds. Yeah. You gotta be you gotta be quick. Right. I feel like this Tennessee team doesn't have that. I mean, do you feel like there's just a little bit like, do you think the chemistry part and the hesitancy, like, I don't feel like there's a great passer on this team. Like, do you feel the same way? Yeah. I mean, I think I definitely feel the same way. And I think that's part of what made Grant such a special weapon as a player was that he could go be the guy that got the bucket, but Mm -hmm. also he was such a good facilitator that if the team tries to double team him, then he can also dish it and find the open man in the corner. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you can trust Fulkerson or Pons to be that down low. No. I do think Triple J is your best guy. I mean, I just think, like like you said, the size, the physicality, the speed, the ball handling, 
like, but even with him, his, his shooting is inconsistent. So it's like, you really need him to get to the basket and get a layup or get a dunk. Yeah. Um, but he's a guy that can do both. That could facilitate. And I think that hopefully he'll continue to grow into that role over the course of the season um, and hopefully be ready come tournament time. Because I think this team has an immense amount of potential and anybody can see that on like their day, they can blow out Kansas, you know? Yeah. But then they got their days too, where they lose to Ole Miss. So it's like, it's a little frustrating. I see some more consistency. The thing that I do like though, is I felt like this Tennessee teams in the past have maybe peaked in January or like maybe even early February. Yeah. Um, playing their best basketball. It does seem like this team still has a lot that they can figure out a lot that they can grow into uh, for the remainder of the season. And maybe they'll be playing their best ball come tournament time. Yeah. I hope so. Because everybody sees the potential. I mean, especially with the two freshmen starting, I, I've really liked the lineup. I know it was bad last night, but defensively effort wise. And I think that starting five of Folky Ponds, Scovy Johnson Springer is your closing and your starting, which sometimes that differs. I mean, if you're going to look at pros, sometimes, you know, you, you bring in like Eagle Dalla off the bench and he'll be, he'll be your, you know, your, your closing five, but this, I think that's your best closing five for Tennessee. And it's your best starting five, which is not always the case. You might roll out. It depends on the day. You might put in Victor Bailey jr. In there, but he's been very inconsistent. Yeah. Uh, and that's frustrating because I really do feel like Vic can be a big time scorer in this league. He's just not hitting everything. He's a, he's a guy that I, I feel he also has the stroke when he does shoot it. I'm like, that's oh, going in. It's just yeah. not going in. So he is somebody that has a lot, I have a lot of confidence in, but it's not been looking great. What are your thoughts on Fulkerson so far? Because I just don't feel like he's getting the touches and the looks that he probably should. I, I, that's got to be something, I, a priority, right? I mean, to get Folky the ball more because he had, what, the first four points of the second half and then didn't get another shot. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what's been hard for this defense or hard for this team is that Fulkerson's been kind of inconsistent, and I think because of that, it's kind of caused the team to be inconsistent mm-hmm. um, because at times they haven't known, okay, is he our go-to? Is he the guy that we can really rely on and be the source to generate the offense? Um, and he's shown that because, I mean, look at last season. He had, I think it was like a 27-point game against Kentucky, like was lighting the world on fire for the <laughs> season. Yeah. Um, and when he's on, he's one of the best players in the SEC. Um, but I just don't feel like he's a guy that has shown that night in, night out, he's going to be your guy. Just because I don't know that he adjusts very well to defense. Like it seems like if the defense double teams him or they drop a guy down on him, he doesn't really pick up on that. He'll, you know, try to force something into the double team rather than uh, distribute the ball and give somebody else an open look. So I like, I really like Fulkerson. He's like honestly one of my favorite balls, but I just think, um, I don't know. I just think he's too inconsistent to rely and not rely on night in, night out. And I think because of that, this Tennessee team is maybe a little inconsistent. Yeah, I know. That's why, because I mean, people like Josiah really frustrate me because he looks so good early on. He hit those, he hit those three threes early, and you're like, okay, this guy's gonna tear it up. But then, sloppy turnovers, lazy turnovers. Uh, because I, I think Josiah has some of the highest potential on this team, and you know, also with Keon and Fulkerson just took a humongous hit. I don't know if it was like 
you don't have the necess- the necessity to be like super alpha, go get a bucket. And sometimes that just takes away from guys. Sometimes that, that mindset's tough because you want to, you know, appease other people, especially when it comes to this team, because there's so much talent. There's right. so much talent, but I don't think it's great offensive talent. I think there's a lot of raw skill. I think there's yeah. a lot, I mean, especially when it comes to Keon, because at times you're like, oh man, this guy's got it. Like that was a big shot last night. For him yeah. to him to he was pumped that he got that ball because he knew he was going to go in. Yeah, you're down. Was he down five? He hits that three. Like that's a big shot. I mean, I know it was one of those deals where he and then he misses the free throw, but he's somebody that does want the ball. But all the sometimes he gets himself in trouble because he's just not quite there. He doesn't have great moves offensively to to beat somebody off the dribble, even though he probably should. Like he's so athletic, but you right. can see that against. Um, who was I watching? Who was I thinking of? Huh? Maybe it was that. Maybe it was Florida that I was thinking of. Like he just he he kept attacking the bucket, but it was slow. It was no. There's no. There's no quick jab. There was no beat off the dribble off the, on a, out of the triple threat. Mm-hmm. And he just never found it, and it's just so frustrating because he'll get down nine feet away, and then do that thing where he backs somebody down and he gets trapped and he picks up the ball and you're like. Stop doing that, man. Stop. Just stop doing that. That's because that's, that's a killer for this offense because he does it out of rhythm. And that's the thing is you might be onto something about the coaching part was because I feel like this team has zero rhythm offensively. Even yeah. like in their good games, it's just because they're in fuego. You know, like it's just because like people were just making big shots. And they sometimes you find open stuff. And sometimes that just comes from bad defense. Maybe it not. You know, if you're just meh on offense and you just make the right pass and you're just hitting everything, that's kind of how I feel a little bit with Kansas because they just came out on fire. Right. So I don't know, man. Like, is there do you still feel like what what you've seen? I mean, you see Kansas and you see this. Has your expectations, because I know early in the season we talked about how high our expectations were have your expectations changed and what you actually think this Tennessee team can do in the tournament? Yeah, honestly, I, I don't know. I mean, at the moment, it doesn't seem like we're going to be able to find enough consistency to make a deep run in the tournament. And I think that could change, but I think if you're making an assessment based off what you've seen in the season so far, I think you've got to have this team going out in the sweet 16 or sooner um, just because it strikes me as a team that could even lose in the first round. I mean, I think that we're probably looking at a four seed, five seed, somewhere in there. Um, But I, you know, I just think that eventually you'll slip up, whether it's against that 13 or that 12 matchup or whether it's against the next matchup against another four or five. Um, Yeah. I just, those teams, every team you're playing has the potential to beat you. And every team that you're playing is probably going to be as, as good, even better than the Ole Miss team we played last night, yeah. um, more likely than not. So, I don't know. I just – I don't really have any high level of optimism. I do think that, again, the talent's there, and if they put the pieces together, then certainly they could make a run. But as of right now, from what we've seen thus far in the season, there's just no sort of consistency with the offense that makes me think that we could make a deep run in the tournament. Um, and I, I think – some of it, I think, is coaching. I do think some of it is maybe we have too much talent and that it's hard for guys to get into an offensive rhythm because yeah. you're rotating guys in and out so much. You don't really have five or six people that play. You're playing eight, nine, ten people. 
And so I think that makes it hard on guys like Fulkerson that last year he was kind of the go-to. He was, all right, go get us 40% of our offense on any given night. And now he's like 10% of the offense some nights, 20%. So it's, I definitely echo what you were saying earlier. It's like, it's hard for these guys to maybe switch on and off that mentality because it's like, all right, one night I'm the guy, I got to be this, like the scorer. I, I got to be the guy that goes out and gets 20 points. And the next night I'm going to get two shots in the second half, you know? Yeah. That's what he's doing. And now I look at these guys and I'm like, man, there's a lot to be said, especially for these young teams. Um, Kentucky, Tennessee, uh, but the Tennessee part of it, like these these teams that have that obviously were really needing that off season, like that's it's hurt, it's hurt big time. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see like how inconsistent a lot of these teams are. Uh, to give an example, I think Tennessee and North Carolina are in similar situations where you have four, four, three or four guys that are pretty experienced. They played a lot. But then you also have like young guards. You have people, and they're trying to mold. They're trying to fit together, and it's just not working. I mean, obviously, like Kansas, it's a little bit of the same factor. Um, we're not all Gonzaga, you know. You can't just find Suggs out in the middle of the street and, oh, hey, you know, come play for us. But yeah, be a top three pick next year. It's gonna be great. We got some other studs that can make an All American team too. <laughs> uh, can't all be that, but. I just feel like there's so much inconsistency with the young kids, like these freshmen and even sophomores, like people are having a really hard time gelling. And you look at Duke, you look at Kentucky, you look at North Carolina, North Carolina and Tennessee are a little bit different because they do have some veterans. I just don't think they have great, great leadership. Uh, I think Josiah is trying to step into that role. It's another part I think about him is from what it sounds like I, I, I'm not deep dove into see who's it doesn't sound like there's just a super vocal leader, but it does sound like Josiah is probably the most. Yeah. So I think when, when you are that vocal leader, he does have an alpha mentality. A lot of times, I just think he's got to be a little bit better attacking the rim. He's found a stroke. His stroke looks better. It does, but it's not going in super consistently, but he is a guy that's a facilitator. He's, like he's the guy that every night, if he if he just hammered at home and he found that mindset, like he's a triple double type guy. Yeah, and he's the only one I think really on this team right now that can go do that. Um, it's just tough to to watch these cats try to like form and gel because it's you're gonna have eighty point nights and you're gonna have a fifty point night because nobody nobody seems to be in sync with one another, and you're seeing that across the country on the, a lot of these young teams like your Iowa's that have stuck together. You got Garza, stud. I mean, I know they lost, but um, they're still really good. They're going to be a tough team come tournament time. And Gonzaga's a little bit similar in the fact that, yeah, they have Suggs, who is going to be an absolute great player in the NBA, I think, one day. Um, He's just beyond his years, but they also have so much consistency across the board. Uh, Veteran guys that have played, they were ready to come back, ready to dominate this year. So it's tough. And then Baylor's the same way. Baylor's got a lot of guys that are veterans, played played a couple of years, and they're just they're just more in sync. And that's the good teams. Those are the two best teams, head and shoulders. Don't know if there's really anybody else close. But man, Tennessee's got a long ways to go. And I'm really hoping you're right. I do think that this year might be a little bit different peak wise. Um maybe they come find it because I'll tell you, you know, 
the SEC regular season, that's out the window. You ain't winning that, big homie. That's uh, that's probably Alabama's to, to lose, really, right now, I think. Yeah. Um, in the SEC still, right? Yeah. 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 So, shout out it's to uh, Danny that's White. Team. Shout out to Danny shout out White. To- shout out to Danny White because that guy, he uh, he found Nate Oates. He found Nate Oates at Buff- Buffalo? It was Buffalo. Buffalo. Yeah. Man. That boy can hire. Let's hope yeah. it's let's hope it's right. Um, real quick, I look back now. There was one comment. Now, this is this is off off topic. I hate to talk about Alabama and Duke, mm. but it is funny that the tide has turned a little bit. If the Duke tide. was winning, and Coach K made his comments, and then Nate Oates responds back to him about the because Coach K was they're losing, they're not very good. And he made the comments of we shouldn't even be having this. And then Nate Oates kind of responds back and is like, ah, I think Coach K is a little out of his lane here. Now, with Nate Oates balling, yeah, shows a little respect. So shout out to Nate Oates and the good old country boys out there, man. I think uh, that's one for the good old boys compared to the GOB, the, the sweater vests and those dookies. Mm. Anyways, man. But uh, let's talk. We'll get to we'll get to Danny and Josh here. We'll get to Josh now a little bit. Let's National Signing Day, big dog. What did you think about it today? I know it wasn't super exciting, but in general, we'll go. What did you think about today? And then also, what do you think about the class? Man, um, overall, I think obviously not a whole lot happened today. I think we picked up a big offensive tackle. Um, guy from Kansas, 6'6", 315. I'd say he'll have a good chance to get some playing time early just for the size and being an older guy. Um, and then, you know, I this whole class, I think, overall was pretty good. I was listening on the radio um, on my way home from work today, and one of the things that they were talking about was the programs that had fired their coaches. It was Tennessee, Vanderbilt, Auburn, and South Carolina. And I might be leaving out one, but – Tennessee's was like 18, 16, 20, like basically like mid teens, high 20, like low twenties kind of deal. Um, and then all the other ones like Vanderbilt actually had like 33rd best class. And then Auburn's 42. This was according to rivals, which yeah. rivals isn't really my favorite preferred. I would probably for two, four, seven, but anyway, rivals is pretty well respected within it, within the industry. Um, and then, South Carolina was like 78. Like they had a pretty rough class. So Yikes. I think all things considered, Tennessee finished atop of Auburn on top of South Carolina, Vanderbilt, all these other schools that lost their coach. Um, and Tennessee will have some guys that look to get out of their LOI, um, their letter of intent, which some of them signed at early signing day <clears> back <throat> in December. Uh, Dylan Brooks is one. He's a guy from Alabama that was uh, – going to be a really good player for us, but it looks like he's probably heading elsewhere. That's the one um, I'm going to miss the most. Yeah. And yeah. we needed a guy on the edge like him. Like he can play outside linebacker, defensive end, get to the passer. Um, but then there's guys like Cody Brown too, who apparently was like a borderline take because of how he's going to fit into the offense. Like he's not really a speed guy. He's more of like a bruiser. Yeah. Probably would be better in like a I formation or a guy like a, I don't know, a formation where he's got a seven-yard start versus a five-yard start. Um, and so, I mean, 
people like that are probably going to look to get out of their LOI. So I think the class will drop some. But overall, I think you held on to a decent class. You've still got some good pieces there. Uh, Caden Salter is one that obviously a lot of people have their eyes on. Dual threat quarterback out of Texas. Yeah. Um, he's quick. He's got a good arm. And we all know Hypel has a really good um, reputation as developing quarterbacks with developing quarterbacks. So um, the numbers are going to be there for our QBs, by the way. Like that, I mean, just looking at his, his stats, I mean, he was eighth in the country last year when in their worst year. Yeah. Offensive, offensive rankings numbers. Right. And so you look at how they performed over his three year stint at UCF. They were, you know, I think first in off or point scored. Like mm-hmm. if you basically average out everybody's stats over a three year stretch, first in yard, like they were a really, really exceptional offense for all three years. And some of that you can chalk up to having an easy schedule compared to the talent that they fielded. <clears throat> but I read an article by Fan Run Radio. Shout out Fan Run Radio. No free shout outs. Um, <laughs> no free shout outs, baby. Shots um, for the boys. Uh, but anyway, so Fan Run Radio read an article and they were basically highlighting the job that Hypo had done in each stop. And one of the things they highlighted was his performance with Missouri. And everybody knows like the years that they had Drew Locke, they had a really good offense. And some yeah. of those stats looked like they were kind of, I don't know, artificially inflated by bad opponents that they kind of scored a lot of points on and then didn't do so well against some better teams. True. But True. True, but here's the takeaway. The year before Coach Heupel got there, they were the second worst offense in the country. 280 yards per game is what they averaged. Yikes. To give you a frame of reference, Tennessee was like, I think, 340 last year. So you're talking about 60 yards less of offense than Tennessee had last year. And Drew Locke had like four touchdowns and seven interceptions, 1,300 yards passing over, I don't know, like six or seven. He was not a good quarterback. And then, man, we Tennessee was an absolute snooze fest to watch this year. Yes, what is two sixty? Two sixty is bad. It's bad. That's atrocious. Oh, it's terrible. And so, Mm -hmm. think about how bad that is. You think about how bad Drew Locke's stats are the year before Heupel gets there. Enter Heupel. They go from two eighty to over five hundred yards per game of offense. Holy crap! What? Yeah. Said, holy crap. Yeah, holy crap. Next year they do it again. They go over 500 yards of offense again. And this is at Missouri after a rough year. Um, So I I think to me, that got me like I was probably about a six, maybe a six and a half on the hype train. Yeah. Um, Because, but now I would say I'm about seven and a half. Like I'm, I'm pretty optimistic about our chances of at least fielding a good offense and hoping that he can kind of figure out all the other aspects that come with running a college football program as the head coach. Okay. That's solid because I, I do wonder where, like we talked about earlier. I don't know if I'm cool with, Maybe doing a, you know, if we if you win five games, <clears throat> let me try to spin this. One second. If you were to pick like a a way that we saw Tennessee next year, would you want five? If we only if Tennessee only wins six games, six games, but they're fun. I mean, that mean there's going to be a level of hype. There, and there's going to be a lot of offense. You're going to score a lot of points, but there could be some loss of games because I don't feel like there's going to be a ton of talent. I mean, we do, we lost two guys that are 
<clears throat> going to be really good running backs in college football next season. Yeah. Uh, what I'm really excited because I'm also a Carolina fan. So I'm really excited to see Todd Chandler in that offense. Mm-hmm. That boy's going to put up some fat numbers. Yeah. So back to my question here. <clears throat> if we're f- five to six wins, but very fun, high scoring offense, probably lose to some games because of defensive ineptitude, still trying to find a coordinator. If we're five to six wins, but fun and in games, are you pleased with the hype train that next year? I think so. I mean, I think, um, you know, the big thing that Tennessee needs is we need to pick up some momentum. And I think some of that is just perception of the program. And I think some of that would occur if you're close in games and if you're putting up a lot of offense, um, a big guy that every, all every Vol fan, not every Vol fan, but most Vol fans are looking forward to seeing how his recruitment plays out is Ty Simpson. He's a guy, kid out of West half the state, uh, Tennessee, um, quarterback that's rated in the top 50, I believe, uh, overall, like not just like among quarterbacks, but top 50 in the country. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, really good player. And he's good friends with a lot of the in-state kids for that class of 2022. So he's a guy that if we were to have a really good offense, I know he's going to commit in two weeks, but things can change. And I think if he sees Tennessee putting up, let's say our we are averaging 500 yards of offense next year. And basically that would be us being the equivalent of like Ole Miss this year, where it's like, are they a dominant team? No, but they're fun to watch. They're putting up a lot of points. Like, let's be honest, Ole Miss, Ole Miss is an exciting and probably a, even a definitely a better position than we are right now as a program. 100%. Uh, just because of what Lane Kiffin was able to do on offense his first years. And I think I think that's about what Tennessee fans should hope for. I don't know about should expect, um, but should hope for for this first year is just, hey, let's put up a lot of points. Let's put up a lot of offense. Let's keep let's stay in games and let's see what happens. And I think if that happens, you might pick up guys that are on the fence like Ty Simpson and like some of the other in-state guys, and then we can build some in-state recruiting momentum, and then you can get more talent in here, and then you can compete at a higher level, maybe go for eight wins or maybe even nine wins. And so, um, yeah, I think perception is everything, and I think if you're at least putting up a lot of offense and staying in the games, I think that definitely helps your case of showing people that your program's heading in the right direction. 100%, because that's the way, that's the, way the world's working right now, especially in football, is got to be fast. You got to be fun because it's got to be entertaining. Um, there's there's going to be guys like you said. Ty's going to be somebody that you watch this program and you're like, oh man, that's that's how guys win Heisman's. You know, mm-hmm. numbers numbers don't lie. Yep. And I think for Tennessee to come back and have just to echo what you're saying, the change of perception, the excitement level in a stadium. You play Rocky Top after touchdowns over and over again. You get you get fans having some cold beverages. Like it, yeah. that's fun. It's fun to be there because you feel like if even if you're not winning every game, you feel like you're in it. And that's a huge perception change from what Tennessee is. If you feel like you have a chance, people are gonna show up. People want to be there. Yeah. That's just not been a feeling for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um a little bit, I thought, from two years ago, I think when you have the guys like Callaway 
And I mean, what we were doing with different guys, uh, Jawan, like those guys, you always kind of felt like you were in it at least a little bit. Yep. Because you could make a big play. Yep. I don't know if they have any studs. I, I there's just not a lot of like Velas is. I mean, there's some fast guys. Maybe maybe some guys turn up. Velas could be somebody that turns around this offense and be like, oh wow, yeah, he's good. They hype might figure out ways to do it for him. You know, I think yeah. he's going to get guys the ball and some fun, creative ways. He's going to spread it out. It's going to look totally different, and that's yeah. going to be nice to look at. I'm going to be honest. At just change what we've been doing. I, it's not going to look. I mean, you're you're not going to be Kansas City. We're not going to turn Harrison Bailey into uh, freaking Patrick Mahomes overnight. We might, maybe, maybe. Could he, be. Might, he might put up ridiculous numbers on some rough defenses because it's not the toughest schedule in the world either for the no. next for the next two years. Your best, and now I'm not saying I'm not ragging either one of these teams because right now I don't know if Tennessee can beat. I'm not guaranteeing any wins against anyone for Tennessee. That's not what it is. But your non-conference right now, for the next two years, your best non-conference is Pitt. Um, you're going back to back with them, home and away, and then BYU, which BYU did beat Tennessee last year. I get that, but uh, those are your those are your two big ones. You got Oklahoma in 2023, so it turns around. So hopefully you get your stuff figured out by then. Uh, so. I know it's a that seems like long term, but it's not that far away, especially for a coaching staff. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's going to be nice to have a couple years where you can steal some seven. Like next year, it wouldn't be awful to get to seven wins. No. I know it's a long ways away, but if you shock some people, you get some, you get the Bowling Greens, you know, all those guys out of the way. Mm-hmm. You get some of those dubs. You beat somebody. You beat some struggling South Carolinas, Vandy. Kentucky's beatable, you know, there's five. Yeah. If you get, you know, pits one of those. So got to steal one or two after that. So if you get to that point, you get some recruits in here, you're fun to watch. You get a lot of butts in the seats because good Lord willing, that'll happen soon. Do you speak it? I'm going to turn, I'm going to turn. I'm going to ask this question. How much do you miss in game sports that are not limited? Man. Tremendously. Actually, it's the energy, man. I was watching a clip today of I'm actually a really big soccer fan as well. Like uh, Arsenal, that's the team okay. I in England. They're not great, but um, used to be my favorite pick. Yeah, <laughs> you know you can't be front runner. You, you know I'm a Tennessee fan, so I couldn't pick like Man U, Chelsea. Man, no, you need some struggle in your life. You you're we are abused children. We know what this is. We know what we want. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So if you're a Tennessee fan, you're looking for an experience eer- eerily similar to what it is. We've all <laughs> choose Arsenal. That's your that's the team for you. Um, but anyway, there was just it was a Champions League highlight, which for soccer fans, it's like the biggest tournament that they have, um, other than the World Cup, which is national. If you don't understand all that, that's fine. But Champions League's huge, and a guy scored a goal, and the entire like stadium just erupts. Like it's so loud on the uh, replay. And you can almost like, even through my phone, you can almost like feel the stadium like shaking because it's so loud and everybody's going ballistic. Um, and man, there's just that, that energy, that excitement, the way that really what the fans do is they just inject so much meaning and passion into the games that I feel like you're kind of missing out on because they're just not in there, you know? Yeah. It's, 
I thought about it Saturday. I was like, man, that would have been a good one. I miss even planning for stuff like that. I miss going be like, hey, man, this is my little brother's birthday on Saturday. Like that would have been a cool one to be like, all right, I got us two, t- I got us, you know, four tickets, me and his, me, him, his lady, one of my buddies, and we, we, we cruise on up there. That'd been awesome. That's okay. the stuff I miss. Like, but, and I'm, I'm just a person, man, I'm trying to, I'm trying to hold strong. Grandma gets out, you know, she's getting her second shot in a couple of days and hopefully get her out of the nursing home. So I'm holding strong, man. I'm trying, I know we got watch parties, but I'm trying to be as safe as possible. Um, but yeah, I, I always feel like going to even what, what how many people are there? 7,000, 5,000, something like that. Yeah. So yeah, you still want to risk it, you, you know, go to your normal places, I guess, but try to be smart. So I'm just waiting. I'm holding strong, but man, I can't wait mm. to get back to doing that. Cause I thought that would have been an, even with two down Tennessee and Kentucky or the Tennessee and Kansas teams, that would have been an awesome one to go to. Yeah. Oh man. That'd have yeah. been really fun when I put it, that'd have been an awesome crowd. Um, yeah, I just miss those little things, man. But, uh, I think 2022, if man, it, 2021, 2022, either one, Hypo's got a chance to really put some magic into this fan base. Yeah. Because like I said, getting that feeling back of, man, we can score points in a hurry. Yeah. We can get back in this. Because I'll be honest, I think defensively we're going to be down a couple times. There's going to be – there's too many good offenses and too many good teams in the SEC. But, um, yeah, I think that if you get that belief – that keeps people there. That keeps people interested, and a lot of chatter, man. And th- these kids watch. And if it's like, "Hey, man, they're slinging it all over the yard," they don't care who they have. Yep. You know, some fast dude named Velas. <laughs> people are gonna love it. They're gonna yep. love it whenever Bailey or Salter or whoever else. Especially, yeah. I don't know if Salter's that quite there yet, but if it is Salter and you see that kind of athleticism, it's fun to watch, man. Oh, Bailey's, yeah. Bailey's a good athlete himself. Like that's gonna be fun to watch at times. So hope so, man. I'm I'm really excited about it. I hmm. I don't know. I mean, we got the uh we got the kicker today. That was also a signing. That was probably not too not too long ago, actually. So we do have a kicker, transfer portal, Brent Samaglia. We lost two kickers, didn't we? Lost a punter and a kicker. Yeah. Uh what was the other guy's name? He's the tallest. Yeah. Ah. Man, I can't remember his name. I yeah, I mean, I can picture Paxton Brooks. Is that him? Oh, he stayed. He stayed. Okay. No. Uh, then it's uh, is it Joe something? I don't. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, he gone. So we needed that. So it was a big time that you know keeping keeping the keeping the getting the kicker. Joe Doyle. Is it Joe Doyle? Sounds right, actually. Yeah. I can't remember. I can't remember his name. I'm not going to say for certain. Right. Boy, Craig called me out last week for saying something wrong last week. I didn't really care. <laughs> um, but it doesn't really matter matter because Hypel is, like you said, they've been averaging out number one offense throughout the last three years. He's been like eighth, fifth, first every year, and that's been the best in the last three or four years. So. With that being said, they've also been way down on the list as far as field goal kicking percentage or how you want to look at that. Most field goals attempted. The man just doesn't do it a lot. That's just not his game. 
Yeah. Like it, he'll they'll it's positioning. It's the way they score. Um, if you don't score, sometimes it's going to be stalled out early. Yep. So there's going to be little things like that that kind of chip away at how he's going to approach the game. So we're not going to miss having a kicker that much. Obviously, they're still important. That's why we got. <clears throat> that's why we got. Uh, what was his name? I forgot his name. I lost it. I'm looking it up. Oh, no, sorry. Great content. <laughs> Chase McGrath. That's McGrath. Great name. A great first name, Chase. Thanks. <laughs> I can't live. Forgot that man. I feel like. I'm sorry, Chase McGrath. Shout out. No free shout outs. Um, but man, uh, you're not gonna be. It's not gonna be necessity all the time. So, no. just need some guy to be able to make extra points. And if all else failed, it sounds like Paxton Brooks used to kick in high school. So we gotta just be like, hey, dude, make extra points. Okay, that's all you need. Kick Honestly, I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate it if we were going for it every time. Fourth and 12 from our own money. Just bring the fun. <laughs> Let's go for it, baby. We don't have a kicker. We don't have a punter. That's fine. Also, two-point conversion every time. Let's just – let's do it, you know? Yeah, extra point, never heard of her. Never heard of her. Don't want to hear of her either. No, that pass. Just be be that team. Uh, it was like the, the, the other team that was in uh, Friday Night Lights in the movie. They just yeah. always went for it. Yeah, that's who we need to be. That's who yeah. Tennessee needs to be. And to make it fun, well, everybody would watch. Like, uh, they're, they're going for it every time. Analytics, man, they say it's the right move. Going for it on fourth down, going for two-point conversions. <clears throat> that's what saying. I do on Madden. It works yeah. all the time. No, really. that's what I'm just play like you're playing NCAA 21, which... hey yo, that's the big news for the day. Big time, big time. I did you get like a nostalgic feeling today? I really did. I was like, man, what a day it is. It gets a joy. It's gonna be be two or three years, but man, what a day it is. What a day. And that's what I'm I'm man, wow. Just so happy, honestly, because I was a huge NCAA. Like I still have NCAA 14 on Xbox 360 that I whip out from time to time. Like huge fan. How else can I see Tennessee in the national championship game? How else can I deal with the pain of losing to Florida year in, year out? Alabama, year in, year out. You go, you plug in Xbox 360, you go to your dynasty, you're on year four, your roster's stacked, you're 99 overall on everything. You've won three consecutive national titles. You beat Florida's brains out. That's the only way to cope. Mm. <laughs> it feels right, though, too. Like If I win or lose against Florida or Bama – I'm playing, it hurts just as much. It does, mate. Yeah, it's it's real close, real close. Yeah, I, you know, you create that storyline in your head. You know, you know, like you know how the day feels, especially like, especially for a Florida game. You know how it's humid. All those fans have been tailgating. They've been suffering through all that heat, sweating, drinking, but really great barbecue. Man, shout out to Tennessee fans. They know how to cook too. They do. Always have known how to cook. I, everywhere I go, whoever's cooking, now granted, they know how to tailgate also and bring in delicious snacks, but they uh, they also know how to cook. Those 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 boys over there at the square, they, they can do it. Uh, so you kind of know how it feels, but then you take it a big L there. You're like, I disappoint all these animated fans. Animated fan, dude. That's what we're here for. It's not. It's not the listeners. It's for all those animated fans out there. That those love are the listeners. You know, that's how I feel. <laughs> that's, that's, those, those are the people. Uh, I 
I'm going to ask you. I heard this earlier, and I want to see if you think it. How much do you think Big Cat over at Barstool helped on this? Like, how much with of his Big Doug's push really helped this come along? You think that's you think that might have been a little. I mean, it may not have been like the thing. Yeah, because I think the likeness, like you know, obviously these players are going to get that passed, and you're going to make money. But I also think that might have been just a. That's a big media push by. Yeah, it's it amazes me how big their podcast is. But do you think it helped? I mean, it it did did it absolutely did. You know, I think at the time, Coach Doug's peak was like, you know, the worst part of COVID. Like literally, there was like no yeah. sports. It was so depressing, and the fact that he rolled that out and it was like the most watched uh, Twitch or I think was he streaming on Twitch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched, I tuned in and watched like half of one of the games and it was, it was pretty entertaining partially because of who big cat is and whatnot. But like, you know, I, I don't know. It was fun to watch sports, which kind of is a sad state of how bad things were that I was like watching somebody else play football. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think it did because you had even so much hype just around people playing a video game that was seven years old. So I'm sure EA was taking notice of that and being like, man, like there's a really big community for this game out there. We make this, we can make a killing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, it was a great, great part of this, this summer. Cause I, I, I'm with you. It was so, so down, like everything to do. I mean, mm-hmm. at that point it was, it was pretty deep into summer. It was hot. No gyms were open. And even if they were, you didn't want to go. Yeah. I mean, like literally to the grounds of things. Every, I, I remember like going and, just trying to find stuff to do. That was kind of entertaining. Yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't watch a ton. I watched, I think I watched the Florida game once. And then, you know, a couple people would keep, we, we just kind of like keep up with it because it's funny. Yeah. Especially with Tennessee like that. I mean, when, when players started getting into it, when Trey Smith got into it, like that was like, this is unbelievable where, where this is right now. Yep. Like I could not believe that people were in it. And man, that turned into a freaking phenomenon. And I know, I know A to Z tried to do some of it with the NFL blitz and different stuff, but man, they'll, they'll never be a big cat Doug's combo ever again. Um, last thing I do want to touch on, let's talk a little Kentucky down. Cause we didn't get to that earlier down week or down year for Kentucky, but a down day for Tennessee on Tuesday night. How do you see this week going? How do you see this game going on Saturday night? Man, um, I think Tennessee will bounce back. I really do. I'm not overly confident with that just because, again, the inconsistency that this team has shown. But, hey, bad performance. Maybe we'll bounce back, have a good performance. Um, Kentucky's obviously had a really bad season. I think they're like 5-10 and right now. It's their worst season maybe ever. I, I don't it's, yeah, it's the worst they've ever had. Yeah. So things are rough. You know, things are rough up in Lexington, but they've still got a lot of talent up there, you know, and and it's one of those things, if we have a bad game, we're capable of losing to Ole Miss. And if they have a good game, they're capable of playing better than an Ole Miss team would probably play. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, anything could happen, uh, especially when Kentucky's involved, I swear, like referees is a real thing. Like just, it feels like no matter if you're in Knoxville or Kentucky, it seems like Kentucky's going to get the calls, but 
It really does. And I know that crowd's not going to be behind him and they're competing with, with Mizzou tonight. Right. I mean, this is at eight fifty eight on Wednesday night and they're, they're only down three to, to Mizzou at Mizzou. So this would, it's these Kentucky games. And I, I, I know this is a vibe, whatever, but this seems like one of those where Kentucky gets a, like it, you, I could see the storyline being a, Tennessee absolutely can crushes Kentucky because I also have seen them play and I'm like, man, they're not very good. This is not the ultra talented freshman squad. No, they don't have that. That talent is not fully there. Tennessee right. is more talented. I'll yeah. say that top to bottom, but they're also still talented. I'm not saying this is just, no, it's not Anthony Davis, but it's not, you know, the, just the crap teams you've seen before. You know, a true five and 10 team, honestly. Like. No, no talent wise. They're not that. And that's okay. But you know, they've got guys that can score, but this, I could also see the Tennessee crushing and I could also see that Kentucky bounces back and gets a big win. Are they finding their stride? You know, if they wound up winning against Missouri tonight, a lot of confidence going in, yeah. or even if they play them close, you know, they're This is going to be a close ball game going up to up. These young freshmen are ready to do it up in Kentucky and ready to ready to face off against the struggling team. It's got it's got a number beside it. No yeah. matter what, that's still that's still a thing. Mm-hmm. Kids get up for that. They get ready to play when they see a number beside Tennessee. Like this, this is something you know they're going to see the headlines in the next couple of days. It's like Tennessee is going to look to rebound and run over Kentucky. Well, freaking Calipari knows how to coach. Unfortunately, I don't like to give him credit, but. He is a pretty daggum good coach. He knows how to get guys up to play a lot of times. So it's going to be a game, uh, but Rick does really well against Kentucky. So I I do believe Tennessee comes up there, routes them. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if it's another 20 point win. I, I think Tennessee really, I think Tennessee kind of goes up there and hammers them, but there is always that like unsuredness as a Tennessee fan in general. You're like, man, Kentucky might go up. We might get stolen from like a bad call or a tough, like a crap three at the buzzer to get beat. Like those things that I'm like, always worry about at Kentucky. It's not going to be like a, they're not going to blow us out. There's no way. Yeah. But I can also see some trash bucket just because it's UT. Yeah. <sighs> just because it's UT and it's Kentucky at Rupp. You just, I hate to please. Yeah, I was telling somebody that earlier this year. One of my best friends is a big Kentucky fan, and he was like, man, y'all are going to smash us this year. And I'm like, all bets are off once you interrupt, man. All bets are off. All bets are off because you don't know. I mean, A, Kentucky does have talent, and they can show up and play really well any given day. But when you throw that added element of referees, I'm just going to say it can totally change the game. And it does seem like the whistles are usually – a little bit, a lot of bit in favor of the team in blue and white when you're playing a rough. So, um, I don't know. That's just been my perspective. And usually they'll they'll have some makeup calls at the end of the game to try to even out the foul totals. That way it's not. Oh, 20, yeah. All that crap. Yeah. 24 to 12. It's like, oh, it's 24 19, actually. Cause, but hmm. yeah, it's, there's some, I think there's some stuff going on, but you know, whatever. I'm not going to get into all that. Um, but we've all Great seen, enough. you know, Tennessee playing at Rupp and it doesn't go as well as we'd like. So hopefully that's not what happens this Saturday. Big game, eight o'clock. 
Sorry. Yeah. Eight o'clock, man. Come on down to Parkway. I'm actually going to go early. Uh, six o'clock is actually the Duke North Carolina game. Yeah. Big, big Saturday. Big Saturday. That's going to be fun. I know mean, those two teams are struggle bus as well. Um, where Tennessee is vastly the best team of that group. Um, still, it's rivalries. You never know. I've seen some garbage Carolina teams beat good Duke teams, and I've also seen the opposite. I've also seen, you know, bad teams beat good teams in, in a Tennessee Kentucky game. I'll be honest. Like, I've, I've you know, I've seen teams at, at, Kentucky, at Kentucky are like, they're actually way better than us. They've got a lot of NBA guys. Yeah. But, you know, it turns around. So, going to be a fun Saturday with Action 24-7, with Parkway. Those are our peeps, man. It's going to be fun. So, Tennessee, Kentucky, 8 o'clock. Come a little sooner. Probably like 7. Uh, I'll be there at 6 watching – all day of round ball. It's going to be great. I, I'm pumped, dude. I, you know, I'm a basketball guy. Had some had some dreams, but unfortunately nobody wanted a 6'2", uh, relatively unathletic white power forward. You know? Mm. Point forward is what I was. Uh, cousin Draymond Green also. You know, I, I have a similar game. Similar skill set. We played. Similar, yeah. You know, grew up together in Michigan, playing on the yeah, street. Yeah, we're all we're all about we're about the same. You know, efficient rebounders, solid defenders. Uh, you know, assist man. Right. You know, not not great scorers, but we can if we need to. Right. You team know? player, hard and soul the team. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I was just that, but without all the good attributes. Oh. Okay. Yeah. 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 Sounds like my basketball career, actually. So. Yeah. Hey, I mean, you are talking the all-time losingest captain in Ray County basketball history. It's a fun fact. It's not me, so I guess it's, I guess it's you. Yeah. Hey, you, know. you, got, you got you can claim the title to something, you know. It's claim like the title to something. I don't. I, I shouldn't always add the asterisk. I'm like, yeah, I was captain of the basketball team. Unfortunately, it was just a lot of losses. But <laughs> hey, yeah, you that's know, what I get. It's but. Good to- uh, there though that's that's a nice chase trivia i'll I'll add that one to the write it down write that down that's that's gonna be one of those uh hey hey son you know fun fact about uncle chase (laughs) well Well, dude i appreciate again man um anything else you touch on tennessee man i would say if i could have one last message to tennessee fans it would be, let's stay positive. You know, it's too early to go negative on the hype train. That's what we do best as fans. We we get over, like, overconfident, overjoyous about our hires, and then we cast maybe too high of expectations, and then you get disappointed. So maybe let's not do the end of the cycle, but let's just say, hey, Hypel, let's give him a chance. He's got some decent credentials. He could do some big things at the University of Tennessee. Let's wait three years and see. That's all I want, you know, and I think Danny White kind of shared the same thing. He's like, we need our fan base to be behind us. We need some positivity. I think that that stuff really does matter, and I'm not going to say it's going to tr- like translate necessarily to wins and losses, but I do think if you're your positivity surrounding the program, I think that's stuff that probably is picked up by recruits and by people that are interested in the University of Tennessee, and it's just, you know, it's just good vibes. You're putting out good things. I think you kind of tend to attract good things, but yeah. 
Anyway, man, that that is one thing our fan base could really use. We got to be way more positive. I, I mean, I, I'll be honest. I, I'm sometimes an initial reactor that it's like, oh my gosh, that was a lazy hire, or what are we doing? Like, how are we so stupid? And then I also get mad at our fan base. But it is what it is, man. Um, we're gonna be better. I think. I think this. I, I really. I believe in Danny White. I'm. I don't. I don't. I'm not listening to hype enough to know. That guy's got a lot to prove. When he's honest, it's I'm very neutral. Uh, I'm ex- I'm more excited. I'll say 64, 60, 40 with a little bit, you know, edge on excitement. Yeah. But um, still, got a lot to prove for us. Got to get a defensive coordinator. Got to get a pretty much a whole defense side of the ball. T. Martin got a thing that that's got to get figured out. But uh, man, Mikey, I appreciate it, buddy. And as always, like, subscribe, and tune in next week, baby. We're going to be doing this thing, and uh, i got two articles coming out this week. Uh, I'll be doing, what is your hype level? And Mikey P, you're going to be doing a little recruiting? TBD. Sweet. Look out, Deuce. It'll be recruiting for sure. We'll be talking about this next class, how it's pivotal for um, the direction of the program and even Josh Heupel's success as a coach at Tennessee. So, yeah. Get those two coming out. So, shout out, peeps. Go Vols. GBO, V4L. Welcome to Vol. All of them.